Welcome back to the RDN Good Ruler Pod, episode 10. We got a special guest on tap for today, but I'm going to send it around the room, see how the boys are doing. How you guys doing today? I'm pretty good, you know, hanging out. Another day in the life. These days are kind of meshing together, so not really much going on over here. What about you, Kev? Just uh, just doing dishes and cleaning house. I clean my house like every other day, and somehow I have to clean it every other day still. So want QT to be over. I hear that, man. I hear that, dude. Rob, how are you? Rob, how are you doing? I'm great, man. I'm great. I just feel like we keep uh, I just keep, keep accumulating dishes and dishes and dishes, and I don't know how they do it. I just think I keep eating too much. But found a sick park yesterday. Or not a park, but just a um, this rooftop rink um, in downtown Denver. I was cruising around, and uh, I was on this ninth-story parking garage and looked down, and what do you know? There's the, uh, the good old uh, sport court. Had a basketball court on there and a volleyball court. But, um, yeah, I saw that and I was like, we got to figure out a way to play there. So pumped about that once this is over. But we got some guests here we're going to allow in real quick that are going to be joining for the already in Good Roller Trivia. Reigning champ, Aldi is back. <laughs> Tough fellas. What's up, Aldi? How you doing, man? Good, all sweaty, sorry. Oh, you're cool. I didn't realize what time no, um, my buddy Kyle Krunagel is moving, so I'm helping him move. Man, maybe maybe Krunagel should be the next one on some roller trivia. Dude, he's actually really good. He says he gets like 90% every time, so I'm not going <laughs> to use him. I won't use him right now. He's still moving shit, but he, he might be the, He might have to take my spot. <laughs> I don't know, dude. If you keep winning, you know, he might have to play you next, next week. Yeah, I'll, I'll see, I guess. Welcome, everybody, back to Roller Trivia, episode 10. We're here with reigning champ Kyle Aldrich and new challenger Ryan Perry. How are the boys doing? Good. Thanks for having us. Yeah, doing well. I've just been chilling. I'm helping Kyle Krunagel. Um, he's moving houses, so I'm taking a break from sweating and then doing some trivia. Nice. Yeah, just trying to, trying to do, find something to do in the house since you can't leave. I hear that. All right. Well, we'll get into this uh, roller trivia. How it goes for uh, everyone listening is best out of three uh, questions. I'll put the questions up behind me. We'll also read it. And then you guys have 10 seconds to answer it or just let us know when you're ready. Um, if it's before 10 seconds. So don't blurt it out loud, but you know, when you're ready, just say ready. Um, and we'll go with the first question. Kevin, I know something. you're up for your first question. You boys ready? I guess so. <laughs> yeah. In 2015, the NCAA... Hold on, Kevin, let me put it up there. Oh, okay. There you go. Are we good? Yeah, is it In up there? Two- yeah, it's up there. Yeah. In 2015, the NCAA championship game, Newman won 4-3 to three over Lindenwood. Who scored the game winner for Newman? P.J. DiMartino, Tyler Kraft, A.J. Anger, or Shane Fox? Hello. Ten. I don't um, know about this one, eight, man. This is a tough one. Seven, six. Kurt Kidding. <laughs> I don't know this. One. All right, time's up. Time's up. All right. You guys ready? Do we answer it? Yeah. Yep. On three. One, two, three. Fox. Fox. Incorrect on both your guys' parts. That it's is the AJ top right. Anger. I don't know who that is. Yeah, I, I figured. <laughs> that was a long-time Black Ice kid. He uh, he got married recently. Uh, he played Newman too. He he is a good player. He's a good player. Big lefty. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. 
You remember um, Anger, um, don't you, Perry? No, I don't. The name sounds familiar. Like AJ Anger. anger. Oh, yeah, I, like, <laughs> he had long black hair. No, he it says Demartino. He was a lefty. He played with them for a long time, like growing up. And it was just uh, um, a couple of years ago where he kind of stopped playing because he just got married and he's got a job and stuff. But uh, but yeah, AJ Anger one uh, got the game winner for Newman that year. So nice. That was definitely my second guess, but I I've, I haven't heard of him. So yeah, I had no idea. Okay, so we'll go Sorry, with. Uh, <laughs> the second question, Jordan, this is yours. Brett, you guys ready? Brett Leggett first started playing with the Mudcats in what year? 2001, 2002, 2002. 2004. All right. Oh, two is right. Oh, 2002. <laughs> Still got nice. one. More. Still got one Uh-oh. more. So it's one to one, Pressure's correct? On. Yeah, one to one. All right. No, 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 no. all these got all these got one. Yeah, yeah, I haven't got, on the last one. I haven't gotten anything right. Oh, Perry. Oh, yeah. You guys got the last one. Okay. All right. This is the last question. <laughs> all right. Okay. All right. You guys see the question? This lady, oh, I'm ready. This lady is the all-time female point leader in international play. IIHF, Furs, and World Roller Games. Kayla Demet, Kyla Sanders, Ali Era, or Laura Vahantra. That's a tough one. Ten? They all play a lot. They got 10 seconds. I got ten. my guess. I don't know if it's right. Nine. Yeah, I'm ready, too. Hey, you guys are both ready? I'm just guessing the most dominant women's roller player, so... I think it's Al- I think it's Ali Era. Yeah, that's who. It's Ali Era. That's who I was guessing. <laughs> you guys are both wrong. It is uh, Laura Vahentra. <laughs> She's probably played the most. That's why. But re- in most recent years, like Ali Era is putting up points. Oh yeah, absolutely. So I was going with her regardless if yeah. it was right or wrong. <laughs> That's why I put Allie up there because she's like played so long. And uh, so Jetta gave me that question. Yeah, well, Aldi, you win uh, one zero. You move Aldi, on the today. perennial champ. Yeah, I'm not going down. We might have to get Krunagel on next week. He's right here. He, he right, challenged me. Does he want you want to be on next week, dude? I want to be on next week. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Aldi Same. and uh, Krunagel next week. Boys, uh, before you go, we have a question. Um, you're talking to Leggett. Leggett's going to be on this pod, uh, and you guys both play pro. We want to hear your thoughts. Uh, what do you guys think about – we did the rule change thing, kind of like if anyone thought of a good rule change, you know, what do you think? And we did it on that Instagram. Tons of people chimed in. Um, what do you guys think about once you join a team at the beginning of the calendar year, you have to stay on that team? Until the very end, meaning so basically attorneys? January one, your roster is locked. So yeah. there's no so there's no Pama takeover for winter nationals? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I, I like the idea, but I mean I think that might cause less teams to play because Palma and some of those teams for winter nationals and even like revision or whatever, like they they have less guys and they're flying those other guys out to fill a full team just so they can play not necessarily Palma, they're going to put a team in regardless, but some of those other teams. And, um, I mean, if this is just for pro, but 
if it was for youth, there's no way that would work. Absolutely. Just for, pros. I, I, I'm pretty positive. Leggett speaking uh, only on pro. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But yeah, no, I think it's a great idea because it would, but people need to take it a lot more serious and actually commit to going like, it's going to be a little tougher to get teams out, but I think it'll make it more competitive for sure. Yeah, okay. I, think a, I think it's a pretty good idea. I think it's a little tough because it limits some people that like, like even comics or teams from Detroit that don't do winter nationals, like then players can't play because your team doesn't do it. Yeah. That part yeah. would kind of suck, but like, I think, I don't think we would have been able to put a team in for winter wars for conics. I think we had like four or five of our, our, our set guys and then a bunch of like NorCal filler guys. I think logistically, it's it's a great idea. It's just really difficult to like commit to something in the winter when you know the bigger tournaments are you know in July, June, and July. Do it. So yeah. like, it's, 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 you can do it and almost do like trades. Like if you like, say you join a team and then you end up your team ended up doesn't like not going to two out of three summer nationals, and you could maybe formulate like a trade or. No, that's a sick idea, like a loan system or yeah, yeah something like, in like say your team is like uh like black guys or roadrunners and you only do winter war or you only do state wars in the summer and then you get like maybe get like traded out or a loan system for tours and narch or something like that. That'd be yeah, a pretty cool would, idea. Yeah, that would be cool. And also it would take it would also take for a lot of the tournaments to like work together. Maybe we could do like a league, but like a tournament series, almost like. Yeah, that's what I was going to say too. Where, yeah, get yeah. a certain amount of teams to commit to a certain amount of tournaments a year, and then then you could do it that way. You know, it doesn't have to be a league. Just like just how it is all, every summer, just a tournament series and everything counts together. Well, yeah. I mean, that's what Tiha is doing, right? For us in the NorCal division, or whatever you want to call it. We're playing 11 games in one weekend. Yeah, and we're playing absurd. two weekends. That's, that's exactly what, that's, what that is. That's what, that's it's a league, but it's tournament style. That's what we do here. We did. I think it's we, fun. The last weekend we had, we played 11 games in a day and a Saturday yeah. all day. We, yeah. I mean, we only play like two games in a day, and it's exactly you guys every are other weekend or every weekend, and that's nice because you're actually you're not dead on your freaking sixth game. Yeah. Five more. That's, I mean, that's how AIHL used to be here too. Like, I would drive an hour to San Jose and. Uh, play two games in the evening in like the minor division when I was 16, I would come home. But then like all the SoCal guys, they kind of ruined that with their division where they didn't want to do that or they didn't want to come up to NorCal. So that's when we started doing the Jamboree style like tournament. Makes sense. Yeah, they do yeah, we're talking about this and, and with the NFL having their draft, I was just thinking too, what if like, what if there's a roller draft? I was expecting that, that last unreal. night. Like, yeah. What if, what if you have a draft of 17 and 18 year old kids, um, that, you know, uh, a group of people kind of put a list together of kids who can, you know, possibly get drafted or snagged. Yeah. And that's a genius kids, idea. Those yeah. kids go on that, that 20 man roster that's got to be turned in at the beginning of the year. So you could have the draft in, you know, mid November or something. And that way you've got a little bit of roller excitement going on leading into winter nationals. Well, that's Definitely. how, that's how Piha was way back. Like when I, when I was like 16 or they, they did a draft. Yeah, you're exactly right. That's how I was here in uh, Colorado when uh, Yoder moved. <laughs> All right, I got to head out guys. Sorry. I don't mean to interrupt, but um, oh, no worries. Yeah, your world, Aldridge. Sorry, if you would have showed up 45 minutes late, we would have no time to talk. Yes, nice job there. All right, see you guys.
Yeah. Later, Aldi. Later, Later Aldi. Aldi. <laughs> you know this this draft or this this uh, roster turn in that would have to be an RHA sanctioned thing. Absolutely. If that if that wanted to go anywhere, I I I think that would be cool. I think that would be something that like kids who are in that fourteen sixteen U age range like have something to like strive for. Absolutely, yeah. like getting ready for a roller draft. Like, yeah. yeah. By the time you finish with the teams, you you can get drafted to one of these teams and maybe play with them for the pro. Yeah, like, like unreal. If, when I was sixteen or fifteen, that if that was a thing, it would make you work and focus. work hard. Like, put, like you, you're aiming towards something. You're not just aiming towards a hopefully getting a chance to get a call from a team that could be based out of any state. Ah, absolutely. So maybe they could already just take it. So what they do is they can take. We can take Narch and we can take State Wars, for example. Narch, you got Midget Platinum, and there's your players. A lot of those players are 17, 18, right? Isn't that there you go? You know, Midget Platinum Gold. You know, at the end of the tournament series, you can take those players. At the end of the Palma, what, 2001 or whatever the last age group before Juggernaut? Age group for State Wars. Yeah, and you take those players. And Yo, it's like 2002 now. <laughs> <laughs> 2002 now. But you take those players from both like both tournaments. You know that definitely showed off, and you throw them into a draft. It's it's not. That. I think that's like one of my favorite parts about tournaments too. Is even like even if you say you lose, like it sucks, but you go have a few beers and watch the games, like the championship game with the boys, and like you sit down. Yeah, and you know, like we're players, obviously, like you want to be in the championship game, but like. I love how there's two different sides of it where it's like, I don't want to, I don't care who wins, yeah. and stuff, but it's like, yeah, but like, I'm not going to be at this tournament again for a whole nother year. Right. I would like to, you know, be in person and see how this finishes because right. I know I'm going to be seeing all sorts of posts and all sorts of things about right. it. Even the kids are like, Oh, I'm not going to watch. Like I, we should have been there. And they're all mad. Like they're still checking their phones. They're still seeing the scores. Like, like yeah, exactly. everyone, no, sure, yeah. Everyone cares. You're, everyone's there for a reason. You're there, you're there to play hockey. You're there to be with the boys. You're there to play hockey. Right. I remember a couple of years ago when the snipers got knocked out um, in St. Louis and I brought, I brought Aldi and some of the conics boys to one of my watering holes uh, by Lindenwood um, <laughs> Lloyd and Harry's main street. Love it. And um, shout out the snipers boys like Tommy Bruce. Cause he lives there. Brucey and uh, Thompson was obviously working, but Brucey, uh, Combs, Whitey, a bunch of snipers guys were like walking out as we came in. And I asked Whitey, I'm like, you guys going to go watch the game later? And he looked at me, he's like, no, <laughs> what, what do we care? <laughs> we're not there. You know? So it's, it's just right. funny how like there's a different attitude about it, about going to watch the final couple games. If you get knocked out or not. You're, yeah. You're either on one side of the fence or the other. You're never like in the middle. You're either like, I'm going to watch or you're like, nah, I don't, I don't give a shit. Like who plays, who wins. Definitely if you're somewhere, if you're like in Florida or if you're like, or like California, like I get that. Like you could right. go to the beach during that Sunday. Right. Or whatever. If you're, and, you know, I hate to throw the tip on glass. If you're in Indiana or Detroit or St. Louis, like, what what else are you going to do? Yeah. <laughs> you're going to go watch the game because mostly all the boys in the division are there. Yeah. And, you know, guys are throwing – guys are doing the horse race. They're throwing yeah. bets on the game. Yeah, and it's exciting. And, man. That, just making I, me really miss that, some roller right now. That's like the best is just at, uh, even if you even if you lose the tournament, if you go all go out to the same bar, you're at you could be with three other different teams and you hate the guys on the rink, but then you're at the bar and everyone's at the bar, get around. Yeah, oh, yeah. 
no one cares anymore. Everyone's just like hanging out and like you just played them an hour before and like want to kill each other. I think that's the epitome of roller hockey. Yeah, it's it's the best. Yeah, no doubt. Well, Perry, thanks for coming on and doing some trivia, dude. Uh, we'll we'll get you back on here for some yeah, trivia and for some others. Reoccurring guest. Perry's yeah. a reoccurring guest. Yeah. yeah, I love it. I love it just to come talk and especially now where there's no roller, so there's no no hanging out with the boys very often. Perry's good to see you, buddy. Yeah, you too. Hopefully, we'll see you guys soon. At hopefully, some summer tournament happens. But um, love you, fellas. Pair, happy. Yeah, good to see you, boys. Me. Hope you guys are being. Hope you guys are doing well. And hopefully, we will see you this summer. Yeah, yeah good you guys too. Hopefully, see you soon. Well, boys, how about we uh, send it over to the interview right now with Brett Leggett of the Tour Mudcats and Team Canada. Hope you guys enjoy this one. Welcome, everybody, to another Good Roller podcast. We got quite a guest on tap for you guys today. We're going to send it around to the fellas here first. Rob, how you doing, man? Dude, I'm good. Kind of quarantined like everyone else. I've uh, I been, blading, been blading around, but I've been doing walks, man. I've been into walks lately. You know, I can skate for days, but walks are kind of just relaxing and different. So just throw the pot on, you know, spitting chiclets or the Joe Rogan pod and just getting into my walks. Absolutely, man. I got some pods too. I finally caught up with chiclets, but uh, I'll throw it over to my man, OJ Hamps. How you doing there, Jordan? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good as always. Just hanging out, as Rob said, uh, quarantine life. So not really doing much. Uh, I did do some walks. I've been doing some walks a lot, actually. Big walk too. guy. Yeah, big walk guy. <laughs> And I've also been reading, getting into reading a little bit. So, my man. Wow. All right. We'll, what, we'll what talk books? on doing that too. Got any books? Um, I was reading Phil Jackson's 11 Rings. Ooh. Actually. I'm not going to say anything that. about that because you, you know. Yeah. Not yeah, a big, yeah. You're not a big MJ fan, but okay. Yeah. It's a good book. And so, yeah, I've been hanging in there. How are you, Kev? I'm doing good. Like you fellas said, uh, the walks, I got the pups. Um, I've been actually going to the rink to do a little work, uh, the last couple of days. So it's been nice getting out of the house and being outside for a little bit. I got to throw skates on my feet today, which felt good. So I'm doing pretty good, but we got our guest today. We're joined by a very special guest who lives North of the border. He's a three time Narch pro champion. He's a one-time tours champion, a two-time double IHF champion, and a four-time ACH champion. He reigns king in his hometown of Ancaster, Ontario, and is the father of one daughter, none other than the man, the myth, the legend, Brett Leggett. Wow, thanks. <laughs> that was quite the intro. Man, thank you so much, guys. appreciate you having me on. Legs, we're pumped because obviously we're all goalies, but uh, – I feel personally, you're a little bit of a mentor to me. Like when I first started playing a little bit of pro, so uh, I'm pumped to have you on. I know these guys are pumped to have you on. So, uh, man, let's uh, let's get right into it. Great, thank you. I appreciate those kind words, Ryan. What have you been up to uh, these last couple of weeks? Are you guys quarantined up in Canada as well, like we are down in the states. We are, buddy. Yeah. So um, about three or four weeks ago, we kind of went on an essential business only, and um, and my work, we 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 were considered essential in our in our service department, but uh, we we did take some time off just for the safety of our our workers, our families, and our clients. So um, yeah, last three or four weeks, I've just been kind of hanging out. I've been doing some roller blading as well, and uh, you know, spend time with the family, and then doing things around the house that I've been putting off for six months. So uh, making the most of the quarantine time staying safe you uh were you rolling on the new jets the new tour volts 
I wasn't. I wasn't. Okay. They, they, haven't, they haven't sent me the pair yet, so oh, I know. Stewart. Stewart. That's up. Dad, Ronnie. Come on. Yeah. Well, with all due respect, though, the, the new uh, the new tour goalie blade is supposed to be out in next month or two. So hopefully my player ones will come with those when they get shipped. Is that kind of a uh, – is that along the Volt line as well, or can you give any a little detail about that, Skate? Uh, yeah, I can give a little bit of detail. Now, I haven't actually seen the final product, but um, last summer I was wearing the uh, cowling lists, um, basically the version of the, the Coach 72 Skate. So it's uh, – I'm not sure if it's going to be under the Volt heading or not, but um, it's going to be cowling lists. It looks great. Um, and uh, there's – a new addition to the skate as well as, as you guys all know, like one of the worst things about being a goalie and roller, if you use toe ties of it, getting caught in that front wheel and you know, you're skating the bench for an odd man or an extra attack or something, <laughs> you bite it or, you know, um, but there's a device there that's supposed to, you know, help uh, keep that lace from getting caught in that front wheel. So, mm. uh, you know, I'm excited to try that. That's brand new. And I don't think I've ever seen it before in my time playing roller. So uh, that's yeah. game changing. That's it could awesome. be, yeah, it could be, you know, and, and that's, you know, that's my biggest pet peeve about, uh, you know, like, I mean, the guys, you know, come up with different things where they drill holes in the front of their boots or whatever they do to try to keep that lace out. But I mean, like I can count probably 20 times I've been skating and my, it just bites and you, well, you come out to challenge and it bites. It's just, uh, it's just such a, it could be a game changer. So hopefully it is. Yeah, no, that's definitely an obstacle. I think uh, the other gentlemen here have faced as well. So <laughs> I'm, I'm very much looking forward to it. Is, it's not called the LG 72 anymore. No, so the LG 72, the, the, the following year, I think last year's model, it was the code 72. So I'm, I, you know, I don't know if they're going to, hopefully they'll keep 72 and I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do with it, but uh, I don't think they're going to call it the uh, LG 72, but, I guess, I guess we'll see what they come out with. Well, I love both those pairs of skates. So, I mean, hopefully they do because they've been doing something Big right. Big tour guy. So. the only uh, goalie skates. Yeah. So, yeah. I love, love it. it. Uh, as soon as they come out, I got to get the boys hooked up there. Here we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. absolutely. Yeah, I'll be sure. taking a call to Mr. Ronnie too. So <laughs> There you go. <laughs> well, Legs, let's get into it, man. Uh, you've, been, you've been going at this game for a long time, inline and ice. Where, uh, where did it all begin? Uh, how did you uh, – How'd you want to become attendee? Well, it's kind of funny. So uh, my parents had this rule growing up that, um, you know, we all had to play as a player for at least one year to learn how to skate. Um, you know, the, the big kind of cliche is always got to be the best, sla- best skater on the team. Yeah. Good rule. So um, I actually, my mother convinced the, local house league to let me play. I think he had to be four years old. I was three, but my brother played, he was five. And, um, I, I guess what she tells me is every, every time about three or four games in the season, every time someone shot the puck, I would, I would dive in front of it before the, it went to the goalie. <laughs> you know, so, so the next season, like, why, don't we, why don't we put this kid in that? Like, you know, if he likes to be hit with these pucks, why don't we try it? And uh, I went in there and, you know, all these years later, I'm still on the pipe. So I don't know. Nice. nice. So were you, you were five then, or how old were you when you first started uh, I was at four when I first started a net, Jeez. you know, and then I started playing roller at about, uh, about 16 or so. Okay. How did you get into roller? So I was always a baseball player in the summer growing up. Um, and, uh, it was just kind of at the age where, um, you know, the minor baseball is kind of stopping. And if you're not going to type of junior baseball or school, uh, there really wasn't much else. So a couple of my buddies were playing 
in, in a new role, like a league just starting up in Hamilton. And uh, I said, okay, I'll come out and I'll play as a player just for some fun. And then played as a player for a bit. And then they were going to go to this team Ontario tryout. And they're like, you should come, like come as a goalie. And I was like, Oh, all right. I, I could try. I've never played goalie and, and roller before. And I went and, uh, the goalie that made it, his dad was the coach or GM or something. And, and they ended up cutting me. It was all good. And then the next year I, I, I went back and I played the actual league in net. And then, uh, you know, then a couple of years after that, when I was 21, I ended up, uh, playing with team Canada. So they all kind of took off from there. And I heard that your first March was in 96. Yeah. A long way back. It's probably around the time. So at that time we had a, uh, a league here in the area. It was a junior A league and it was a good league, a lot of good hockey players and it was pretty legitimate. And, um, and there's a team at a Niagara Falls, Ontario, and uh, they were going to, I want to say Georgia would have been Alpharetta maybe then. I think so. Uh, yeah, probably yeah. So anyway, but yeah, around that time and, uh, and they, uh, they asked me if I wanted to come and play with them. And it was my very first Narch experience. And, you know, from just playing a little role around here where it wasn't a huge thing until going to that tournament, it was just, a, you know, an eye opener. I remember going to the pro games and, you know, years later I started playing pro. I'm like, wow, you know, like I did it. I went to the top level of sport and it was really, uh, it's really kind of a cool thing in my life, actually. Um, you said when you were at that tournament, you were watching some of the pro games and stuff. What did you have a goalie you kind of looked up to in the roller game and said you wanted to play pro or is there any goalie that like, yeah, you looked up to? Um, there were definitely, uh, Jordan, there's, um, you know, at that time, I, I, I probably didn't know any of the guys' names that were playing, but I remember watching it and all the fans watching and it was a big deal. And, um, you know, when I got a little bit older, when I kind of started kind of knowing the guys' names, when I started kind of creeping into the pro territory, um, you know, guys like Rob Laurie, of course, um, you know, played against him for years at the Worlds and at the pro tournaments. And, and he was always a good guy to chat with and kind of kind of pick up some pointers from him through the game. Um, James Jensen was another guy. I don't know if you guys came across him. Just a, I think he's a Cali guy actually now, but he, you know, big six foot four, six foot five guy. Um, Bonvi, I played with him for a little bit, but uh, you know, these guys are, you know, these guys were the guys when I was kind of coming up and uh, you know, to be able to eventually get in that division, I was, they were still playing when I was there to play against the guys I kind of started watching a couple of years before that. It was, it was pretty neat experience. So how did you get your, uh, like your first sniff with the Mudcats um, when you first started playing with them? Yeah. So that was kind of a neat story too. Right? So, um, really odd. I made team Canada before I made pro roller hockey. Okay. So, so 2002 for the worlds, I ended up getting picked up by team Canada there. And, um, and, uh, they, they kind of brought me on as a third stringer. Uh, Jensen was our starter and, uh, Scott Humphreys, another guy, RHI goalies. And, uh, the coach at the time, Richard Robson, he took me aside and I was, you know, 21 years old. And he said, uh, listen, like, I want you to come to this tournament, get the experience. Um, you're not going to probably play, but you know, we, we think you're going to be the future for Canada roller hockey and, and, you know, we'd like you to come. So, you know, I was, you know, great, you know, I'm going to go here and I'm going, it was just in Rochester, you know, so my parents came down for a few games and stuff. And, and, uh, these guys were, you know, they had to be eight or nine years older than me probably at the time and uh you know professional goalies and they, they did it right and I, and I watched them in the morning skates and you know watched them how they kind of got ready through the day and I learned a lot from these guys and uh, I ended up getting one game in the round robin against uh, a mighty team from Iran 
<laughs> I ran. That's pretty true. That's wild. You know what? I mean, it was at the time when, when, and I think fear is maybe still something similar, which I don't love, but you know, there's 18 teams and you play almost everybody, you know, you could be a second seed and you're playing against 17 seed. And, uh, I think they had two shots and I think they were both from outside the blue line. Like, like, you know, my mother could have shut them out, but, we, uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, so that was the round robin. And then, uh, Jensen was my roommate at the time and, and the, we we're playing against USA in the gold medal game. And, uh, and, um, we just beat check, I think in the semis, our goalie played really well. And I was sitting in the stands watching with my parents and, uh, Richard Robson, the coach has the three of us goalies before the morning skate and said, listen, guys, you know, I don't know who's going to be my starting goalie tonight, but whoever has the best morning skate is going to be my guy. So I kind of brush it off like, well, it's not going to be me. I could not let a puck in all practice. I'm not going to play tonight. <laughs> and, uh, and we went back to the the hotel and uh, get a knock at the door and Carrie Grant's there, the trainer. And he says, Richard wants to see you in the lobby. I went, oh, shit. Like I thought I'm in trouble or something. And I didn't think for a chance he was going to start me, but I thought, I thought I'm in shit, you know? So I walked down to the lobby and he's sitting there and he, he turns to me and says, uh, you're going tonight. And I kind of go, I go, going where? <laughs> and he goes, you're starting tonight. And I'm kind of looking around like, is this guy pranking me right now? Like, what's going on here? And uh, he's like, you know, you look really good at morning practice and uh, you're going tonight. I'm like, I just turned white as a ghost. I'm like, this guy's got to be crazy. So I go back out <laughs> of the room and my roommate's Jensen. And this guy's six foot five, a big man. And I'm just a kid at the time. And uh, he's like, oh, what do you want? And I, I was like, I don't know the balls to tell this guy that I'm starting today, you know? So I was yeah. like, uh, uh, and then. Oh, so he not. told you you were starting. You weren't just suiting up. You were starting. No, I'm starting the game. <laughs> so, so, so I, you know, and I'm 21. Like I've played junior rare hockey. I've never played a sniff of pro rare hockey. Like I, 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 the guys I'm thinking at the time, this guy's got balls the size of bowling balls, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so as this guy in my roommate asked me, he's like, yeah, what's, what do you want? And I was like, oh my gosh, this guy's going to beat the shit out of me or stuff, you know? So Kerry uh, knocks again. Jenner, uh, coach wants to see us. So right, he goes downstairs Nothing and he out. comes back and this guy's pissed. I mean, he comes to the room and he's throwing his shit around and I'm laying, I'm laying in my bed. I'm thinking, Oh my gosh, like what am I getting myself into here? Eh? But, uh, but he was cool. He was just pissed that he wasn't playing. I mean, this guy played great the day before against Czech Republic. I mean, you know, so we go to the game and, uh, I see my parents and, uh, I go over and I talk to them. My mom's like, you look, what is a ghost? Are you okay? You feeling okay? And I was like, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm starting. And my, my dad, no words to lie, gives me a little punch in the arm and goes, huh? and he kind of laughs. And I was like, no, like I'm starting. And they're like, what? Like, are you serious? I'm like, yeah. So it was just unbelievable. So wow. I go in and, uh, and I, I, I played pretty good and I made a couple of saves late with like three, five seconds left, you know, like backdoor saved. We win six, five. And then, uh, and then CJ was playing on CJ Yoder was playing on the States. And then, uh, he got a hold of me after the game. He's like, Hey man, like, uh, you want to come play for the Mudcats? You know, and here we are in 2020. I'm still in the cats. <laughs> what a that is a that's a pretty cool story. Wow, Actually, that's wild. Coach, you know, coach made that decision last minute. If he never made that decision, who knows what could have happened or your future? You know what? I, I may not have ever played the game again. You know, maybe played a little bit locally, and that's it. But he actually emailed me a week later, and he said, "Legs, like, thank you so much for like stepping up there. Because if we lost that game, I would have had to answer a lot of questions. Why I went with my third string twenty year old, twenty one year old? I'm thinking, <laughs> man, yeah, wow. that's just just the sheer fact too that like you're going international and you have three goalies, like." 
obviously, you know, we're all goalies here. You never know. Something could happen at a tournament. If you have one goalie, like your team's not going to do what they originally intended. So to like go to an international tournament, the games and the preparation already, like just from me being there last year, like are so intense, you know, like mm-hmm. you're there, you're focused, you're obviously having fun with the boys, but it's like, Hey, we, we know why we're here to have a third goalie. And for you to get called down to the lobby the day of that game after your roommate, no less, just shut the door the day before. That's wild, man. I would be, this, I'd be like, holy, I would be the exact same way. I'd be like, holy cow. What was, what was the and, team you know, 20, Yeah, who did yeah. you guys play that game? Well, we played USA. Oh, okay. So, yeah, and stacked, oh, I mean, you know, like CJ and Weichel Bomber and uh, Costanza, Laurie and Nett. I mean, like, uh, I mean, USA's stacked every year. I think at this point they had already won six or seven gold medals. Wow. You know, like, I'm going in there. It's just, yeah, I mean, it was it was pretty surreal, man. But I, I don't know what the – I mean, I'm sure the players thought the coach was nuts too before the game. I, I don't know. But, you know, what? They, 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 they were super supportive with me. And, you know, even Jenna at the end, he, he – it turned out to be a pretty good buddy after that. Uh, we kind of lost touch over the years, but like, you know, he came up to me and told me he was proud for me and stuff. So he, really cool as like a teammate, you know, cause it would have been a tough pill to swallow. And, and I get that now, you know, being, being the starter, like I, you know, it, it just, it, it's not an easy thing to, you know, get over really. Jordan, what were you going to ask? Sorry, I kind of cut you off. Oh, no, I was just asking him what the team thought when the coach put him in as a third yeah. string, and then he answered it. So. Oh, man, that's that's nuts. Well, you kind of touched on it, too, and it was something that we did want to ask you. I mean, you you got to see you've, – you've been playing with a guy who, you know, has been revered as the best – roller hockey player of all time you've you've been in the locker room with them you've been like obviously on the road with them in some places like how how good was he like how good was he early 2000s like you know before before the teens because he came here in what, 05 yeah, oh, yeah, yeah end of 04 yeah. beginning of 05 and so like we heard, you know, I, I always refer, I remember the pamphlet. There's a lovely little pamphlet of the Stallions program of who CJ was when he first came. And right. then I got to know him pretty well. And I, but you know, I was young to the point where like some of my tournament dates weren't lining up with when he was playing. So, I mean, like you've been able to see that guy with the best, best point of view on the rink. Like tell us about him a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and even even before you mentioned CJ, I knew you were talking about because, you know, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I bet you there was ten years straight. I mean, it wasn't even a it wasn't even a, a debate. I mean, CJ was the best player in the world. You know, I mean, you're the captain of of arguably the best roller hockey team in the world for so many years straight. I think he's got. Well, I don't know what he has, 10, eight, 10 gold medals. I mean, too many. He, he's the Tom Brady of roller hockey, you know? Yeah. And, um, and yeah, I mean, he's, he, I mean, even now he's still a smooth player, you know? Uh, but I mean, when I first started playing, man, um, it was sweet to watch CJ work, you know, his, his hands, his sight for the game, um, just the way he sees plays before they happen. It's just another level, um, brain capacity on the guy is just so good and so smooth. And I mean, even now, you know, um, even low 40s, CJ is still a good player out there. You know, he, we still want him on the, on the floor at the Mudcats, you know, he's maybe not be the CJ of 10 years ago, but you know, he, uh, 
he's just amazing, you know, and, and he's become a really good buddy of mine over the years. He came up for my wedding and, um, and, uh, and I'm sure as everyone says and knows, if you know CJ personally, he's just as good of a guy off the floor, you know, as a man, like he, he's a, he's one of the best guys I know. So, you know, it's nice when, you know, that matches how good he actually is as a, as a hockey player. Like Kevin was saying, when he came here, we only got to see the coaching side of him when we were younger. So when we saw that, you know, he was like, he was referred to as the goat of hockey. You know, he was the best there is. And um, we got to see it, but getting to talk to someone that actually got to live it and play with it is pretty, pretty cool and pretty insightful because we only got to see him coaching us. You know, we didn't see the other side of him. And, you know, as we grow older now, we play Paiha against him and, you know, we see how dominant he is. And at that still, it's like, dude, how'd you tip that in? You weren't even near the net. Like, yeah, yeah. I remember seeing some of those highlights and he just, I mean, I think he scored three or four goals that one weekend, just standing in front, getting a stick on something. It just, yeah. It's remarkable. No, I did. Uh, man, I'll, the couple, uh, when winter nationals, March winter nationals was at uh, San Jose a couple of those years when I was still going to Lindenwood and, and maybe a little, yeah, yeah. yeah Lindenwood years. I, I've never seen somebody throw a sauce on the bottom of the box just across to, you know, the other person in the box and it just be so seamless and so easy. It, right. I, I'm pretty positive. Michael Annoy, I think you guys call him Gooker. <laughs> uh, pretty sure Michael Annoy is on that other side and it's, it's the easiest happen. I'm pretty sure yeah. I played you guys one or two times and there were like two goals like that. And I'm just like, dude, like that's like a cheat code in NHL. I, I, yeah, I, right? I can't get across the D man. Can't get a stick on it. Like what can you do? And like, that yeah. is such like a probably 2% part of his arsenal. You right. know, just yeah. the sauce pass in the slot on the power play. Yeah. Um, and even, even back in the day before that, um, Brian Yingling would be on that other wing too. And same our thing. Other coach. <laughs> yeah. Our other coach. I mean, yeah. I mean, just uh, power play, those guys were deadly together, you know, just, it's, you know, it's just so smart, right spot. And like you say, they just put in the exact perfect spot and, um, you gotta be lucky to either stop the pass or stop the shot as a goalie. Would you say that Brian Yingling probably has one of the best hands and like when playing in Arch Pro? You know what? He was uh, sneaky good. You yeah. know, I mean, yeah, he played for the national team and stuff, but I'm not, I'm not sure he ever got the full recognition he deserved. I mean, the guy, and I, you know, I got to watch him play for six or eight years, you know, and hands wise and even shot wise, you know, he'd get that shot in the slot and he just, he puts in the perfect spot. You know, it doesn't have to be a 90 mile per hour snapshot is if it's a perfect shot and um, smooth hands. And, you know, I mean, Ringo's is a type of guy, you know, he could probably skate out next weekend at a tournament. So look pretty good. I imagine. <laughs> yeah. I, I miss that guy, man. I love coming out uh, to stallions practice and CJ would be doing one thing on one end and, and a couple goalies were on one end and Yings would legit. Uh, he, he put the toe of, of his blade on the puck and he would just sit here and he'd do this and he'd be coming down on the goalie and I'd be like, I'm going to get this time. And like, I'd throw a poke and he would just like, <laughs> and, and I think back now and I'm pretty sure in slow motion, he just like dragged it dragged it dragged it around and he just like looked at me as he's like putting it in an open net but yeah Yings, Yings was around when we were kids too man and, and just it's amazing two two guys from you know Pennsylvania area just yeah. became two of the best players this country's ever seen you know in, in roller hockey 
Yeah, for sure. And then Yanger's another guy. He's a, just a great guy, great family guy. And oh, I miss that guy, man. He, he was a lot of fun guy. He was a fun guy to hang around with. It's a lot of good times on the cats. I, I could be mistaken. I think that's why he moved back to Pennsylvania because him and his girl were starting a family or, uh, or something. Like I said, I could be mistaken, but I'm pretty sure that that's like right around the time that that all happened and stuff. But yeah, Yings came out like the next year after CJ was here and it was like, Oh, we have too much cats coaching. <laughs> thought we were the same. It was insane. Yeah. Of our coach. Yeah. We're like, check out our coaches. Yeah. Like, yeah, look at our coaching staff. For the best still, you know. Look at our coaches. <laughs> yeah. Like, I honestly, I remember, like, like he was saying, we would, uh, we just get dangled by Yingling all day. And, uh, one tournament at Narch Nationals entered the, uh, breakaway contest and I won. And he came up to me afterwards and he's like, hey, that's kind of mine. <laughs> like I, I, I helped you. I was like, you're right. You're right. My dad's like, yeah, Yingling kind of did. He danced. <laughs> yeah. Talking about, you know, talking about those players and talking about Narch pro and just pro in general back in the day compared to now, what, what do you notice like the biggest difference in the game? Um, it, it is a big difference, you know, um, and I liken it almost, almost similar to the NHL, you know, whereas, you know, it was a big man game back in the day. And, uh, you know, what, I mean, when I started, you know, guys like Siebel and Jamie Yoder and St. Cyr and like all these big, strong men. I mean, you wouldn't want to be a five foot, 10, 160 pound guy going down the wing against them. No. You know, especially at the time when Torres allowed hitting and stuff. Especially Jamie Yoder. Oh, I mean, a, a strong man who gets mean out young, there. Young Jamie yeah. Yoder. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, so um, I, I, the biggest difference I, I kind of thought was like, you know, it wasn't as fast back in the day. It's definitely faster now, you know. Um, with that, of course, uh, it's a younger game, quicker game. Back in the day, it was more positional and you know, most guys had bombs of shots. And if you let them, if you made the mistake and let anyone have the shot in the slot or in a high chance uh, scoring area, you're in trouble. But, um, you know, I think like the NHL, you know, it's, it's a, it's a better game now when you show off more skills and you get, you know, a little less that clutchy grabby big guy stuff, you know, it's, it's fun to, to play in the new era now where it's skill outweighs toughness. When Darren posted that picture, those like 900 pictures of 04. Yeah. Um, oh, two. Right. You, Minnesota. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. That's I, what you notice a lot in those pictures is how big the, you know, the Narch Pro guys were. Those are huge guys. Like, oh, yeah. Big time. You know, I mean, there, there were, there, I mean, uh, like some guys nowadays would literally get just killed out there. Yeah. You know, I mean, like I said, we were, we'd be playing tours and I remember Siebel coming up to me and there was another guy. Jason Polero was a good scorer back in the day for the mission DNA team in that. And, uh, I think he was leading the tournament scoring and, and, and I knew, uh, Jason and, and Siebel says to me before the game, he goes, tell player, I'm, I'm going to kill him tonight, <laughs> you know? And, and, and I thought he might. And then, uh, and I mean, every time player touched the puck, Siebel just hammered him, you know? And, I mean, and then player, ended up, you know, doing nothing that game. And after the game, he's like, man, tell us guy to get off my back. What's it, you know, yeah. that was just the game then you could, you could get away with it. You yeah. could get away with clutch and grab it. And the guy was coming on board. You just hit him. That's <laughs> if, wild. If Siebel came up to me and said that, to me, I, I would be like, wow, there's going to be an ambulance here. <laughs> when he comes up to you and he's serious about something, you're like, oh, 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's strong as that. Yeah, he is. I I loved when him and Phelps would wrestle. He'd wrestle with somebody <laughs> else too, but it was always just like, you know, really, Siebel's just wrestling with these guys, just kind of making them still look like boys because he's got old man strength. Now. <laughs> I shouldn't say old man, but he's just got he's got Siebel strength. Yeah, he sure does. What are some of your favorite roller stories you've had or some of your favorite Narch wins or uh, anything like that? Uh, a lot of good stories. I mean, a lot of good times, you know, I, I mean, I've gone to tournaments where we haven't ended up winning and, and just had great times being with the guys. Like I love the roller hockey community, you know, um, you know, guys like, you know, Dwyer, I see him all the time in terms to get to shoot the shit with him for a bit. And, and, uh, that it's pretty, as you guys know, it's pretty tight knit community, the roller world. So I just, I just love competing. I love going to these tournaments and seeing guys, you know, guys from all around North America and, and beyond. Um, uh, in terms of winning, um, I mean, every time he wins a pretty sweet tournament, but, uh, we did win one up here in Mississauga, which is close to my house. So that one was pretty sweet for me. I had my family around there, so they don't get to see me play in line a lot, but, uh, um, you know, that was pretty sweet. It was nice to, to win around here, but you know, at the end of the day, it's, it's just fun to play. I, I got a, I got a long message, a heartfelt message from Tommy Bruce. Cause I asked him, I said, give me a good, a good story about Leggett. That would be pod friendly. <laughs> so I'll I'll skip I'll skip to a part, but I'll just uh, I'll say what he said. After the stories he brought up, he said, "I will say Leggett is probably the most respected goalie in roller hockey, well deservedly. He's been a pro for over twenty years with the same team. Unheard of. A great guy, awesome to hang out with off the rink, but an absolute pro at the rink on all cylinders." a competitor, a leader, and never pointed fingers at anyone when fingers deserve to be pointed. Although he's one of our Canadian brothers, I have nothing but love and respect for him. Wow. Pretty well said. I mean, man, that's, that's, uh, that's right. As you know, Tommy's just a great guy and I enjoy I love Tommy. I'm I'm very fortunate. I got to go to St. School in St. Louis and, and, get to know Tommy since him and Gabby and, and their family still live there. But yeah, right. Tommy, Tommy's the man. So, um, that's wow. that really, man. That's, uh, that's really, that's really nice. You know, and I, I appreciate that. And, um, he's a guy I look up to, you know, as a guy, as a person too. So for him to, to say such nice words, that's, that's really touching. I appreciate that. Well, I'll bring you back down to earth because he said the only appropriate story I could think of was when him and Siebel were gambling on beer pong with Sully and Annoy. I don't. He said he, he said he wasn't there. Was that in San Jose? Um, I think it was in San Jose. I think I think we had I think Chad doing tour hockey got us a house, and I'm pretty sure it was in San Jose. Yeah, because I think I came over with John Bovey, and I was young, and I was. I got, I got a little buckled that night. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. I mean, those are, those are pretty funny times. I mean, I think Sally and those guys were still in college at the time. So I, I, I remember keep, I kept referring to these guys as my horses and, uh, I kept, I kept <laughs> that down I was like, man, if you're in college, you gotta be pretty good at, the, at this game. So, I mean, it got out of hand though. I think we were throwing a hundred to $200 a throw down at one point. So it's, uh, I, I don't know if I got left up or down, but, but it was, I mean, it, there was a lot of money on the table. <laughs> <laughs> that's wild that's real, man. well yeah i just tommy's one of the best guys i texted him before this i was like you got any sully stories and he texts or sorry sorry leg it we brought up sully 
And uh, he texted me that. He said he was doing dinner and bath time with the kids and stuff. So, uh, but man, we, we touched on it a little bit before. Um, let's get into a little bit of your, uh, of your Team Canada days. Can I ask him one question real quick? Yeah, 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 of course. So I kind of wanted to, like he pointed out, or Tommy Bruce pointed out, you've been with the Cats for, you know, 20 years, you know, Plus it's in roller hockey. That's unheard of, you know, because there's so many different opportunities and different things that come in, you know, and to stay committed. And I think that's really a tour type of uh, a tour brand thing. You know, you see a lot of those guys, Yoder, you know, um, Yingling, Jamie Yoder, all those guys played pro with Mudcats, never jumped around. Mm-hmm. Now the Mudcats have kind of, you know, they've not fallen into, you know, a hole or anything, but you guys are, you know, top five. What do you guys got to do to, you know, get back on top and, you know, get over that hump, you know, and claim dominance again, you know, like the Mudcats are. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, going to your, back to your first part there, um, you know, tour Chad explained to me and Walter Frazier prior to Chad explained to me, you know, uh, once you're in with tour, you know, you're part of the tour fam essentially, you know, and, um, and they, they kind of kept, they kind of worded it as, you know, as long as you don't screw up and you want to be with us, we want to have you, you know, and I thought that was really respectful. And, uh, a year or two after I started playing with the Mudcats, another team had called me and, and, and offered me some okay coin to go play for them. And, um, and I thought about it. I, you know, looking back, I'm, I'm glad I made the decision to stick with the cats, but I remember talking to Chad about it as a friend, you know, and Chad said, listen, you know, like this team, they might not be around in a couple of years. You know, this is a part of a family you're with now. And, you know, I think if you stick with us, you're going to be sticking with us, you know, and you know, this is, I started playing with them in 2002 and 2004 or five, maybe we had that conversation. And like you say, yeah, 2020, I'm still with them. And, um, you know, they've been great with me. I mean, they, yeah, every every tournament I can get to, they give me the net, and they still trust me in there. So, um, got your own you know. skates. <laughs> yeah, so there's some perks, I guess. Um, and and second part of your question there, Robbie, is um, yeah, I mean, we you know we we were good for a while, but I think I think the games evolved too, where a lot of teams are good now. You know, I mean, going back um, years, I mean, the top eight at Narch, maybe the top three had a chance to win it, and and the bottom two might get eight gold a couple times, you know, there wasn't a lot of great teams per se. Um, but we had a great team, you know, no doubt about it. And you got CJ Yoder leading the team and, you know, Yang Linka stands and these guys, you have a good shot to win. Now we went through a couple of years where we had some struggles, I guess. Um, you know, we, we, we've gone through some players that worked, some players that didn't, but you know, I like what we have right now. Um, you know, we have a lot of good players right now. I mean, TK, just a dominant, uh, you know, workhorse out there. Um, you know, we have other guys, LB on defense, um, Kripper, Skyler. We have a couple of young guys, uh, Galt, Ethan Frank, Sarvac. I mean, we have a lot of a good personnel now. And, you know, I, I think great young core. Yeah, I think so. You know, I think so. And, um, and, uh, you know, I think, uh, I think we're competitive now. I think we're competitive every game. And you know, you guys uh, put up that sheet the other day and I think we're, at, you know, we've 43 and 24 or whatever the last five years. So, I mean, a good record, uh, a very good record, you know, and, and we're Absolutely. in every game, you know, I mean, we, we, the tournament we lost were Palma one. I think we beat them in the round robin. They beat us in the quarters or semi. So I think we're right there every game. Um, you know, it's, it's hard to dominate. I think anymore, you know, you have the mission snipers, of course, and they're always, deep, you know, really deep. Yeah. Um, but you know, snipers may only 
you know, go to one or two tournaments where we try to get to more of them. And it's, it's easier, I guess, to load up if you're only going to put everything into one term in the summer, perhaps. Um, but you know, I think, I think we're competitive and I think we have a shot to get, you know, to the championship or, or at least make a, make a run for it every tournament. And, uh, you know, I, I'm happy with what we have. I mean, I, I, you know, I don't think, like you said, I don't think we're, I wouldn't say we're dominant by any stretch, but we're a good competitive team. And I, I don't think, you know, I, we never want to be, you never want to be a team that teams want to play in the quarters of the semis. I don't think people want to play us. I think we're, we are a good team. We could surprise some teams and uh, you know, if you get hot, you know, I, I still think we have the core now that we could still win some tournaments. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like you said, when we posted that thing, most of when I was doing those stats, most of the thing I noticed are those, you know, you guys are going three and one, four and oh, or, you know, you guys, you guys are, you're winning your round robins. You know, you're not, you're not, you don't have a losing record at all in round robin. It's mostly all wins. It's just, I guess that playoffs, like you said, but um, when you have leaders on your team still like that young core and, and especially TK, you know, and TK in the back end, that's, that's great to have. And I know TK is hearing this too. So TK's uh, he's, he's once gets back on the wheels, but yeah, he better. I'm going to keep chirping him every week until he does. I don't yeah. care what dance he shows me. He need he needs to get back. And yeah, yeah, he's such a great guy, and he's still so good. So it'd be it'd be a shame to, um, you know, miss him. And I saw him skating on his new uh, tour skates the other day. So maybe that'd be the inst- uh, the itch he needs. I think right? he's just teasing everybody. I think he just <laughs> likes to give a little tease to everybody. <laughs> I I think it's fake news, but well, I'll be I'll be working him too to get him back. Believe me, you know, he's like oh, I'm an awesome guy. I mean, I love hanging out with that guy outside the rink, and you know, oh. he's just he's such a big man, and he shoots a puck so well. The big tuna are the best. <laughs> oh man, yeah, yeah, he's. A, He's a great dude too, but um, two two other things I forgot to mention there actually, which um, would certainly help the cats. Of course, Larry, you know, Larry, Larry uh, got a great job with the Yankees organization. So we miss him. I mean, a, another great player, big, strong guy, shoots a puck hard. And of course, Woodsy, you know, and Woodsy, yeah. another guy, you know, I, I, I would put him in one of the top players in the world, you know, so we lose him, you know, he moves to Europe. So you throw those two guys in our lineup too. I mean, I, I think that's a, that's a good roster. Yeah, especially like you just said, you know, Thomas Woodsy, he's a, uh, I mean, he was, I, I think one of the most underrated players, you know, in the game, you know, he didn't get like kind of yingling, never got the recognition he deserved. But when you go to double IHFs, he shows out and you see why yeah. he's so dominant. And it was like, wow, like, yeah, so, yeah, so that, absolutely. Those two would definitely help as well. Oh yeah. Well, legs. I remember 2012 um, in San Jose. I, I I can't remember who we lost to in the playoffs, but I remember being able to you know be in the locker room with you guys and be on the bench and just have you kind of you know just with, for lack of a better term, whispering sweet nothings into my ear about uh, about playing and pro and everything like that. But man, it was it was awesome just backing you up and having a chance to be around you and kind of the Mudcats and everything. And, um, Siebel wanted, you know, Siebel was saying to me for a while, like, Oh, legs, that's Marley saying hello. He would say, uh, he'd be like, Oh, legs ain't getting any younger. And I'm like, yeah, but he's not getting any worse so, for me, you know, going to Lindenwood, having the Ronnie connection, I, I've skated on tour skates since, you know, since I can remember, it's been a while. I think I had the missions for a little bit in, in, I don't know, I think sophomore year of college. But then Ronnie was like, what, what are you doing? Like, here. And he gave me some skates and right. similar thing. It, it is a family, you know, like when I see Chad at a rink, 
Chad's going to come and say what's up to me and make sure I'm doing good. And, you know, like anything you need, just let me know. And, and that's how it's always been. You know, I mean, same thing with CJ, same thing with Ronnie, all those guys. I mean, it, it, it is. And so for me too, skate wise, you know, like that, that's kind of where my loyalty's at because that it's, it's been nothing but positive. It's been nothing but, you know, when, when I would play for a different team at a summer tournament, Chad would say like, Hey, good. You know, like we, we want you playing and stuff like that. And so for me, my biggest thing was like, I, I, I'm not stealing like it's net. Like it's not going to be, I play a game and Leggett plays a game because I know Leggett doesn't want that. And, and I don't want that. And so that for personally, that's kind of where that came from a little bit. Cause you're, you're not declining by any means. Like you're, you're still one of the best goalies in the world. And so for, I, I got some time with the Mudcats and, and I enjoyed every minute of it. I remember passing Chris Perry a stick on the rink when he broke his stick <laughs> in a playoff game for the Mudcats. And the boys gave me stick taps. And, and that's one of my favorite pro hockey memories. Oh, that's and, awesome, and, and being able to, you know, hang out with, with you and, and Tommy Bruce and Sully and you know, Yoder. And, and now obviously the Mudcats, you know, the face of it's changed a little bit, but naturally that's going to happen and stuff. But I mean, it, like you said, it's, it's a family. I still love seeing CJ here in state. I love seeing him at tournaments and we've got a really good rapport and, you know, same thing with Chad and Ronnie and Cody page is doing a good job of doing what he's mm-hmm. doing on stuff. So no, you're, you're absolutely right though. It's, it's a, it's a family and it's something that, you know, you kind of take a little bit of pride being a part of just kind of being like, Hey, you know, like I like my states and I like the people who are associated with them. Right. Yeah. I get that. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. I mean, I know uh, for years when you were kind of coming up into the pro ranks, uh, you know, Chad and I have that talk as well about, you know, how you, you're going to come join the cats and, you know, take over when I've done that sort of stuff. But, um, you know, I, I'm happy for you. You're, you're a great guy. You're a great goaltender and, and you've really made a name for yourself in the pro ranks. And, uh, and I love to see you out there. I love to compete against you. And it's, it's, it's uh, nice to see a guy have the success that you've had before before we get into the next go round, i think my first pro win my first pro tournament was joe dumars which was you know again a big thing mm-hmm. joe dumars um 2011 um and we were we were rb selects we had the lindenwood group that came and we had that crazy game against you where i think you guys went up and we came back I think we ended up beating you guys in a shootout. And so that was our only win. We went 0-3 before that game. (laughs) You guys, I think you guys made the playoffs. I can't remember who was on your team that was within our Lindenwood realm. But, man, we enjoyed our time at Dumars the rest of the day in the drive home. (laughs) But but it was just, it, it was almost like, somewhat of like a rite of passage, you know, like Corey Kettler, like scored, scored a goal or two. And I think scored a shootout goal. And it was just like, <laughs> kind of, kind of crazy. Like all these college kids come in here, the only game they win and they're pumped, you know? So, so that's, I, I've got great memories with legs. Let's just say that. <laughs> George, did you want to get, did you want to get into something? Yeah. Yeah. So I want to talk about double IHF a little bit. Have you, are you, have you won um, twice? Is that correct? Yeah, one fears and two double IHF. Yeah. Okay. So in so I looked I was looking up some stuff today. In 2012, you beat Germany in Germany. 
And in 2015, I guess in 2014, you guys had lost to Finland in the championship, right? Mm-hmm. And then in 2015, you guys beat them again. But right. it was in Finland this time. So which one of those two? Yeah. I mean, winning, like you said earlier, is winning is winning. How how were those wins in uh, double I mean, That's epic. You won two world championships in their cunt host yeah, I know man wow. the party spoilers wow. um, yeah I mean yeah, the fierce championship for me was great you know I was a young guy as I said and there wasn't WHF at that time you know once WHF came around and I started playing WHF you know it, it was it was another level you know WHF is just such it's an unbelievable term and the teams are so good um, but you're right yeah we, we beat Germany in Germany and, and both times uh, in the championship game it was packed houses loud barns like European rinks are um, but yeah I mean it, it was uh, it was pretty sweet now the the, the Germany win it, it was one of those things that kind of everything happened the way we needed it to you know I mean wasn't the rink flooding or something like that or is that a different um it it could have been that year actually but the rink i don't think okay had an issue i mean like leading up to the rink was all flooded but i think the rink itself was fine um i I don't remember any issues playing or having games to later anything like that but it was a really weird year where it was the the very first game in the tournament our coach didn't start me put the backup in and it was like the first time in like eight years I didn't start a game for Team Canada. It was just and what? I'm sorry to interrupt again. Was that Tommy Nixon or was that a couple of years down? No, Nix came. Uh, Nix was there for 15 for sure. Okay. And no, 12 would have been McPherson, a good young goal. Oh, Ewan uh, from Bethel. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's right. It was oh. yeah. Okay, so I mean, good young goalie, but you know, I didn't get started, and I was kind of taken aback by that, you know, because I mean, I was just used to playing every game. And uh, he's like, you know, we're playing Slovenia. We're going to give McPherson the game and it's going to be a throwaway game. And, and we end up losing. So uh, we went on and we beat Germany in the round robin. And then we were playing against us and it was two, two and Kirk French has the puck to my right. And if you know Frenchy, he's just a stay at home D shot block here. He'll take a puck to the face. He's just a, a, a defensive defenseman goalies love him. I love him. <laughs> he gets the puck after a rebound and he throws it behind the back pass to my back door on my glove side, who he thinks it's one of our guys. And it's uh, Rodriguez or something from the States taps it in the empty net. So we go down three, two, and then they end up getting an empty net. So we lose four, two. So, I mean, he's, I mean, he, he wears his heart on his sleeve. The guy just bleeds red and white. I mean, I mean, the way to take his shoelaces after the game, we were afraid of the <laughs> So, so, but it turns out after the tournament, it was the best thing that could have happened for us. So the other division, some crazy thing happens where Great Britain beats Finland and Finland's a powerhouse team out shoots them like 50 to 20 and loses like two one. So now we're in the quarterfinals. US ends up playing like Sweden or something because they finish ahead of us and we get Great Britain in the quarters. So we beat Great Britain and then in the semis we play um, Slovakia. You know, and in semis of the WHF, you got to think you're getting Sweden, Czech, USA, Finland. Finland. You're, you're getting a, a you're, you're having a, a really tough game. I mean, Slovakia is not not an easy game, but I mean, it's, it's not one of the powerhouse teams, I wouldn't say. And we end up beating them. And then, uh, and then we play Germany. So I wrote the finals with Great Britain, um, Slovakia, Germany. 
So we, we kind of, you know, it was one of those things that everything kind of worked for us where we didn't have to go through hurdle after hurdle. Um, great to win that tournament. I, you know, and I said to French after the tournament, I said, man, like that, but that you blowing that game against us was the best thing that could happen to us. Cause then we may have had to go through us check sweet, whatever, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know? And then, uh, in Finland, uh, in 15, uh, we ended up, um, playing Sweden in the semis and then Finland in the finals and two really good hockey teams. Um, and, uh, yeah, that was, that was pretty sweet. That was a, a real nice experience to win that one. That's a, that's a pretty wild story to have to go through those scenarios and then end up, you know, winning it because I mean, like you said, who knows, you probably would have had to play a powerhouse team if you would have won that game and never know. Yeah we, yeah. we may not have ever won it. And that's a crazy thing. You know, I mean, it was, um, it was just worked out perfectly, but at that tournament, I always have said that the biggest game is the quarterfinal game. Yeah. You know, because if if you win that quarterfinal game, you, you now have two games to play for a medal. It's true. You yeah. know, you, you could go winless in the round robin. If you win your quarters, you're playing for a medal. Yeah. You know, whereas if you lose that quarterfinal game, now all of a sudden you're battling, you know, five to eight spot and you lose that the next game. Now you're in the relegation game. Yeah. So it's a, it's a massive game, that quarterfinal. So we're all attendees here. And like you said, the double IHF is just a completely different level. What is the kind of a, like just the mindset you have compared to an arch pro or a Palma pro, like what's, you know, is it change at all? Or is it more of like the team's more focused because of it's a, you know, you're representing your country. Um, it's, it's a little bit different in the terms that, um, I mean, they're longer games, you know, you're four 12 minute periods. Um, so you're basically twice a Narch or Taurus pro game in a way. Um, but you know, you, you show up to an arch or tours and, and you pretty much know every guy, especially as goalies, you guys would get this, you know, you know, guys tendencies and who might be the passer, who might be a shooter, you know, worlds, you don't know the guys that well, you might see them every year, every two years, and there might be new guys you've never seen before. So uh, worlds, the big difference I find is a lot more coaching and a lot more video review. Uh, you know, a lot of, a lot of, you know, where it's that's key. You know, that's very key for attendee too. Yeah. You know, I mean, I mean, when you're sitting there at Narch and stuff, you know, if we're playing against Palmer or, you know, if you have Travis, no up top, you, you know, that's who they want to have the shot. Um, at the worlds, you know, if you all of a sudden you're playing at Czech Republic, you're not sure about the power play, you watch some videos, see the shooters, the passers. And I think that's kind of the big difference I find aside from, and the length of the games. It's, it's a long game. Four twelves is a, is a long game on a goaltender. So you got, you got Kafka and Fiala on like the two points for the check. And you're like, okay, which one's going to shoot? <laughs> they can both snipe on tiny nets. So you're absolutely right. It's and, and on a couple of our power plays, even, I mean, like one, one big play we had was a, you know, down low pass from Combs to Chavo. And then another one is, you know, an up high play to Foxy with Tino and stuff. So you, you're right with, with those rosters that are so loaded, you have so much kind of like wiggle room and so much like creativity, like, what do I want to do here? And, and, and to your point with coaching, I, I would say that Tim definitely, you know, hit, hit a couple points in that regard on, on coaching and having a couple like plays set up here and there. And it's things that as a player, you don't necessarily like take into account immediately, but then like looking back on it, you're like, Holy cow. You know, if for me, if Tim and Greg weren't calling certain shots and doing certain things here and there, like 
things could be a lot differently than, than they panned out last year for us. So Mm -hmm. I, I totally understand where you're coming from in that regard. It is a little bit more like open season as far as like, who are these guys on this like French team that can, you know, put the puck in the net and stuff like that. So I, I, I agree with you. I, I did understand how that kind of went this summer. You, uh, so playing on team Canada, you've had, you've had Woodsy, you've had Kirk French, Cook, or Jamie Cook. What are some of like your, uh, you know, a story or just some of your guys' memories, you know, off the rink, you know, you guys experiencing, you guys ever run into some wild stuff or, uh, what's a story from your guys' experiences, international play? Um, yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's uh, like any time you get together with hockey guys, there's great times, great stories. Um, I, I remember uh, back in um, 2002, my first year Team Canada, and it was at the time when guys still, you know, shoe check guys and put dressing or whatever on their shoes. Oh, okay. And uh, yeah, so um, someone gets me, you know, as I, there's three young guys that someone gets me and uh, Hugo Belanger, who was a dynamite player for team Canada back in the day. Um, he he plays RHI, like, right? Yeah, he did. I mean, he probably Dominic. played big numbers. Yeah. yeah. He, he was a big point guy. He played in uh, um, Adirondack, I think in the U-Haul and just a big point guy, wherever he got. And he, I mean, a smooth player, kind of like CJ thinner guy saw the play well, but really a good player. And, um, you know, he, and he turns me, he's like, legs, like now you got to go get one of the vet guys. And I was like, oh, all right. You know? So, so he tells me to go, we had this real tough guy on the team. I won't mention his name, but he, um, so I went in and shoe checked this guy. And I mean, this guy was like six, three, 250 pounds and like a mean fighting, like Quebec senior league hockey player. And, uh, so, you know, we, we had a couple drinks that night and someone tells him it was me that did it this fucking guy loses his mind. He comes and grabs me by the scruff of my neck, throws me up against the wall at the hotel. And I'm thinking this guy's going to beat the piss out of me. I'm thinking, man, what a draw this guy. He's like, did you fucking shoot check me? And he's like in my face. And, and I, and I swear the guy was going to pound me. And then a couple of the older guys come over like, I'll oh, leave him, leave him. He didn't do it. He didn't do it. But like, but, uh, that, that wasn't a good story, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, we've had some great stories over the years, like, uh, you know, like Dave Hammond, I don't know if you guys ever been out with him, but he, uh, he likes to have a good time. And, uh, we were in, uh, Italy one tournament and it was a night off and, and we, we started that um that's some bar I went to another bar and then we get this idea these real narrow roads in Italy and and these tiny little cars we eight of us we got this great idea we're going to pick up this person's car and move it around the block <laughs> so so we literally pick up this guy's car and we move it I mean not far but I mean enough where you couldn't see your car so we're sitting there you know looking like a bunch of drunk fools watching for this guy to come out and it turns out to be the guy that owns the bar who kept the bar <laughs> open for us and we saw like the biggest pieces of shit because the guy came out and he's looking for his car and he's all he's all panicked that his car was stolen. You're like it's around the block. Yeah, we're like, I think it's over there, but we, but we turned it sideways so people couldn't even drive by. They had to go a different way and stuff. Like just stupid things you do sometimes. But I love it. Hammond's beer had that one. Dude, that's a uh, that's a good story. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> yeah, I mean no one got hurt. It was all in funny yeah, games. That's but, a good uh, it was pretty funny, yeah. So uh move you play in the uh is it called the Allen cup? Mm-hmm. So what is, uh, for some people that don't know, what is the Allen cup? You've been playing in it since what, 2002, 2003. Yeah. Yeah. I've been in the league. I think since 04, I want to say, um, okay. 
So what it is, it's, um, it's, it's Allen cup hockey, uh, and it's, it's actually a really storied league. So the league started in 1909, I want to say. Wow. Um, and, and, and this was like, this is, I believe older than the Stanley cup where like the Ottawa centers have won the Allen cup. And it's really kind of a, a, a real storied, um, has a lot of history. League ton of history and a ton of great hockey players. Um, you know, like uh, I, I, when I first started, I actually hadn't played ice hockey in two years. Uh, and the owner of the team, Peter Ham, he owned a roller hockey team that I played for. And he said, you know, he's like, Legs, why don't you come out and play for the Brantford Blast? And I said, well, I said, I, I don't even know. I have skates anymore, man. Like I just play roller hockey. He's like, I'll oh, just come, you know, so I went and got a pair of skates and I went and, and as soon as I got back on the ice, I kind of missed, you know, being on the ice and, uh, I make the team and then I end up being a starter there and, you know, I, and I've been in the league since, but it's, uh, in terms of the league, what it is, is it's basically a league where you know you get paid decently to pet to play um they treat you so like any other professional league and um and it's basically for guys that have, have played and now they're moved on to the careers okay okay so like i mean my team for example we have over 600 NHL games, over 2,400 AHL games. Um, every single guy at least played in the East Coast League or higher. Um, so, like, it's a really quality hockey league. So, you, we practice Tuesday nights. You play Friday, Saturday, and that's it. So, you know, you can have your full-time job. You can have your family commitments, and you can still play at a real good level. And, uh, and you know, and, it, and it's, uh, it's lots of fun. But, yeah, I mean, there's wow. – yeah. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. I mean, um, sounds like a blast, especially like you said, where people moved into onto their careers or they used to play, you know, in the NHL or AHL, but they still want to play a little bit, but they have a full career, man. That's still like, you're with the boys, you know, you're still experiencing. Yeah. yeah and that's just it, you know, it's serious experience and, and you know, they got good fan support and, you know, like, um, uh, one of our other goalies here, David Leggio. He, uh, a good AHL starting goalie. He was the guy, and you guys will appreciate oh, this. Oh, yeah, the one who pushed the net off. The net off. <laughs> oh, yeah, no way. It was like a two on O, and he turned around and he shoved the net off, so it was a breakaway. Yeah. And, and now there's an NHL rule called the Leggio rule is because of my partner now. Because we're, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. my God. That's unreal. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a lot of like, good hockey. He's from Buffalo, but he comes up and um, Tim Kennedy from the Sabres plays with us. Kim Poley. Who oh, Tim Kennedy NHL. plays with you? Tim Kennedy's our team. Yeah. And uh, so there's a lot of, a lot of good hockey players and a lot of, it's, yeah, it's fun and it's, uh, it's good hockey and, and I still really enjoy it. You know, I'm, I'm turning 40 this year and, you know, I, I plan on going back for another year if they'll take me. So we'll see. <laughs> so, um, you guys have your own home barn and everything where you guys play out of, or do you guys, you guys travel at all? Yeah. So it's actually really neat that way. So in Ontario, um, in the last few years, there's been anywhere from four to eight teams that qualify as the, the AAA level, which is that what you have to be for the Allen cup. So the way the Allen cup works is, you have to win your province essentially. And then the Allen cup has six teams from across Canada. So, oh, so it's, much all, it's all wide. It's not just it, in like Ontario. That's correct. Yeah. It's, it's Canada wide. So, uh, at the Allen cup once a year, the top six teams in Canada essentially compete for this storied Allen cup. So yeah, it's pretty neat. But in our, in our league, we just play our Ontario teams and then you have to win the league basically to get to play against the other yeah, teams. Oh, wow. Oh. Oh, dope. So you don't do much traveling until you win your division and then you Yeah, not much. Like the longest bus trip is like an hour and a half or something, oh. two hours. Not bad. 
Oh. On the bus with the boys. That's got to be pretty fun. <laughs> Always a good time. <laughs> <laughs> um, Cody, I talked to Cody Bovey. Uh, ask him a little bit. <laughs> ask him about the story. And he said, I remember when me and uh, Rob were out there for sh- in Chicago last year for Midwest Wars, and we got to hang out with you guys a little bit. It was a blast. And we, were talking, and we went to that one bar of the really weird one. That, remember that bar? Yeah. Oh, man. That was the weirdest bar I've ever been to. <laughs> that was wild. Like it's the, the bartender was asleep upstairs, wasn't she? Yeah, when we got there. Man. Yeah, I mean, she's hacking darts, I think, in there. And she's like, I'll be back in 20 minutes. I'm going for a smoke. Or, it's just really, and the, the clientele was super weird, too, as you guys. Oh. <laughs> man. Man. But um, he asked, he told me to ask you about the next night when you guys went back to that bar. And he, because he talked about it on our pod, you guys might have, like, gotten to some stuff with some people there. Well, yeah. Weird characters at that bar. That's it. (laughs) You know what, man? Like, I thank God I walked out of there alive, but that place was, I mean, man, I mean, if, if that place closed down tomorrow, you know, I'd be pretty happy that that place was crazy. And, um, you know, I kind of remember the story there, uh, Jordan, but I, I mean, yeah, I mean, I remember like going to the washroom and then a guy came in behind me and locked the door and I was like, what the fuck is this guy doing, you know? And then another guy came in and I was like, these guys think they're going to have sex with me or someone's going to <laughs> But I was like, what the fuck is going on here? And then I kind of busted my way out and then some guy came up to Bovee and called him Cupcake. And like, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and Bovee's a pretty tough kid. He steps up and puffs his chest. He's like, what the fuck you call me? And I was like, oh man, here we go. But it was... Yeah, it was a bad scene that, you know, I never want to be back in that bar. I'll tell you that much. Oh, man, Bovee will take on anyone. Let, let me let me put it on record that Cody Bovee thinks he, he can go rounds with Ronda Rousey. And I've gotten into <laughs> arguments with him saying, I, I don't have anything other to say to you other than, like, you, you're really stupid if you think that is what will happen. Because she'll – Knock your dick in the dirt. So, <laughs> so yeah, yeah Cody Bobby, God love him. He lives yeah. two miles from me, if that. But I do love that kid. So, well, cool catch from Colorado. I'll tell you that much. We we got a good we got a good demographic for sure. For Thanks. sure, man. I uh, I don't know how many people do know, but uh, your sister was on a Disney Channel show. Life with Derek, correct? That's what it was. Life with Derek. That's right. What? So we don't only have a hockey star. We got a movie star as well. <laughs> you know, it's funny, man. Like, uh, and she's, uh, yeah, she, she's done an amazing job with her career. And Young, she works hard. Younger sister, right? She's younger. Yeah. She's okay. born in 86. Um, she's married now with a couple of kids, but she's still kind of doing her auditions when she can. And, um, yeah, and she's done great. She's in life with Derek, and she did a uh, big Dirty Dancing Mervish production here, and That's and cool. uh, and a few other things. She was on, um, uh, I want to say Criminal Minds. I want to say the girl that ended up marrying the the prince. Okay, Meghan Markle. Well, she has suits. I know who you're talking about. The make. Okay. I know. No, I know what you're oh. talking about. Okay, she was on a suits episode as well. But yeah, Dirty Dancing. Uh, Dirty Dancing. Uh, Life with Derek was a kind of a big thing. Um, you know, it's funny. It's uh, a couple articles that have been in the local paper paper here about me. Um, you know, kind of take shots at me about her because I mean, she's she's pretty famous, and you know, like I remember one one year at the Allen cup, but I, I played pretty well and we ended up winning the, the series. And I got a shutter or something. And the head headline in the, in the local paper was, um, the second most famous 
legged oh, sibling <laughs> wins the Allen Cup or something. And I was like, what is that? I'm like, just give me my time to shine here, you know? Like, Who is writing the article lines in? Actually, like it's brother wins. <laughs> right? It's crazy. It's crazy. But uh, yeah, it's, it's fun. I mean, she's uh, she's awesome and, and we're pretty tight. And uh, yeah, but it's pretty funny. So I, I'm kind of uh, in the shadow, but I'm okay with that. I mean, not not in our world, you know. She's <laughs> kind of in the shadow. <laughs> Thanks, man. Appreciate it. <laughs> man, that's wild. Um, you know, I want to kind of ask you one last question about a, uh, you know, we talked about your skates. Um, how did that whole entire thing come about? How did the you getting, you know, the LG72 and helping, I guess, design that skate? How did that all come about? Yeah, so it kind of stemmed from, you know, Chad Siebel and I wrote, uh, for lunch one day, you know, and you just kind of were spitballing ideas about skates and in my opinion on, on skates and, and, you know, what I wear for ice skates and what I like about them. And, you know, um, and, and Chad's Canadian, correct? Chad is Canadian. Yeah. Well, he's dual citizenship, I believe now, but yeah, he's, he's from, uh, yeah. What, Canada better. and China? He's uh he's Cali guy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was about it. And um and then Chad would send me kind of drawings and uh and Chad's got a great business mind, you know. Um and again, Chad's one of my one of my closest friends. Um but as a, a business guy, he has a lot of ideas that it takes to be successful, you know, at a hockey company. So he'll send me some just crazy mock-ups of things he wants to build. And I'm like, yeah, like you sure about this one, man? Yeah. And, and, uh, you know, some of them come through, some don't, but, uh, it basically just came right away. He'd send me a pair of skates, for example, just, you know, um, a, a demo set research and development set. I try them out and, and tell him what I thought, what, what hurt, what didn't hurt, what I like, what I didn't like. And then they'd, they'd kind of, uh, tweak it a bit and then send me another set. And then, and then sooner or later, we kind of got to the point where he asked me if I minded, if they, you kind of use my likelihood on the skate, you know, and it was an honor. Uh, so I said, you yeah, know, of course not, Chad. Like if you, you know, it'd be, it's cool, you know, like have a skate named after you. It's, it's, it's pretty, pretty sweet thing. Um, but the hilarious thing about it is once they finally came out with the, LG 72, um, kind of, uh, finished product that was going to hit the market. I hadn't, uh, received my skate yet. And I got to a tournament and I seen some other goalies wearing it. <laughs> I was like, what the hell? Like, I, I don't even have a pair yet. And these guys have a pair and they're like, Oh, your pair's over by the booth. So, all right. so I go over to the booth and they're like two sizes too small. And I was like, what is going on here? Like, this isn't real. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, how are other guys wearing the LG 72 before LG 72? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dwyer might have been before me. I'm not sure. Oh, no. Dwyer was the guy wearing them. He had yours on. <laughs> yeah. I had, I, I had to pull Ronnie's ears to get that. <laughs> Man, that's unreal. That's unreal. Well, legs. I think this has been pretty informative for everybody listening, man. We uh, we greatly appreciate your time coming out and just telling us some stories about the Mudcat Glory days and some Team Canada and uh, man, all all the good stuff, dude. Uh, you you provided us with a lot of entertainment. So I mean, <laughs> for for three attendees to get an hour with you, I I couldn't be happier. 
Uh, thanks, man. And you, you guys are awesome guys. And, you know, I, I, when you guys asked me, I, I was delighted because uh, I mean, all three of you guys, I love seeing you guys when we're at tournaments and I love chatting with you guys and having a beer and some chicken wings. And, uh, you know, it's, it's really nice <laughs> to see you guys. I mean, hopefully I'll get to see you guys this summer, but uh, I really enjoyed uh, hanging with you guys. Yeah. yeah, man. Like, you know, like Kevin said, and you know what Tommy Bruce said in that text message, you know, getting to meet you and, you know, getting to see, you know, Kevin said earlier, you know, he's a kind of the guy that you looked up to and he was a mentor, you know, as attendees, we all, <laughs> you're the guy we looked up to, you know, and especially we watched Yoder's teams. You were the goalie to watch. So getting to know you at in Chicago was, that was, that was fun. <laughs> I mean, at that wacko bar and just some of those, <laughs> I mean, the stories you told me, there, you know, I mean, some of your rec leagues you played in were just, <laughs> that's for another time, but that's right. That's right. That's, that's for episode two. Yeah. No, yeah for sure. That's absolutely. for part two of legs. So <laughs> just wanted to say thank you um, for taking time out of, you know, this quarantine and, you know, from your family to, you know, sit down and talk some roller with us. It was, it was awesome. For sure, man. Thank you. Yeah. Everyone that doesn't really know you that knows your name, obviously, but doesn't know you as a person and gets to see how cool of a person you actually are. So, uh, yeah, it's pretty cool. Thanks for hanging out with us. Yeah. Thanks, guys. I really appreciate it, guys. And uh, stay safe. Sounds good, guys. We'll, uh, Thanks, we'll catch so you on the next pod, boys.